In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text today comes from the Old Testament lesson, especially these words, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, in our Old Testament lesson for this morning, we see a terrifyingly beautiful picture of heaven. It's beautiful with archangels and angels in the whole company of heaven, the glorious throne of God, six-winged seraphs, and all that goes with it, the singing of the heavenly choir, holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. It's beautiful because it's perfect. It's holy. No sin is allowed in such a glorious place because no sin is allowed in the holy God's presence. And it's that reality, dear Christians, that makes such a beautiful place so terrifying for Isaiah. You see, when Isaiah sees heaven, he cannot help but realize the difference between the holy, beautiful, precious heaven and its perfection and his own poor, miserable, sinful flesh. When Isaiah sees how good heaven is and he compares himself to the triune God, the Holy, Holy, Holy One, all he can do is cry out, Woe is me! I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips, a man of sin, a man who has broken this holy God's word, a man who has loved myself more than the perfection that God is. Woe to me, because God does not allow sin in his presence, and I am sin. And I live among other sinners. When Isaiah sees heaven, he's terrified because of his guilt and his sin. Dear Christians, is that what you expect? When someone sees heaven, do you expect them to be terrified, in horror, falling down on their face in awe? Not really. You go to the bookstore and there's rows and rows of books about people who have supposedly gone to heaven. And what do they report in these books? They talk about how it's all rainbows and sunshine and happiness. 
Maybe you've even read 90 Minutes in Heaven or How Heaven is for Real. And not one of the characters in those books, and I do mean characters, react like Isaiah. Not one of them falls on their faces in terror, thinking of their sin while in the holiness of God. Why does Isaiah react this way? Why is he terrified before the true and only God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? It's because of his sin. And Isaiah knew his Bible. He had read it time and time again. He had heard it week in and week out at the synagogue. He had heard how God commanded Israel to blot out sin from before his face. Isaiah had read about the punishment of Sodom and Gomorrah. He had read about hard-hearted Pharaoh and how his host was drowned in the Red Sea. He knew what had happened to every nation that had stood opposed to God's chosen people, Israel. From the city of Jericho, to the people of Moab, and more. Isaiah knew the truth. God will not stand even for the smallest sin. God is just. Isaiah knew about King David, a man after God's own heart, who had his own kingdom fall apart all for one night of adultery. And when Isaiah looked at himself, he realized he wasn't any better. When he looked at himself, he realized that he was the chief of sinners. In fact, Isaiah realized he was the worst sinner that he knew about. For you see, we all try to hide sin, right? But it's difficult to hide our own sin from ourselves. Isaiah knew the secret little thoughts that he had had. Isaiah knew the sin that lurked away in the recesses of his soul. Isaiah knew all the things he had done but not been caught. Isaiah knew his guilt better than any other except for God. And now here God was. So standing before God's throne, Isaiah falls down in terror. What about you, dear Christian? If God were suddenly to appear right here with all his holiness, and glory, and power, and might, and wisdom with the host of heaven 
with seraphs and their six wings flying right here in front of your eyes, how would you fare? Are you holy? Or are you sinful? When you stand before God and all your secrets are revealed and are brought into the light, will you be innocent? Or will you be chief of sinners? It's a terrifying thing to consider, isn't it? Even for pastors, for all of our shortcomings, our guilt and our sin is known to God. The same God who says to you and to me, be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Have you been holy? I know that I have failed. Failed as a Christian, failed as a pastor, failed as a father, failed as a son. I'm sure that if you consider your life as well, that you have not lived up to God's holy standards. Sin is ever before us. It nags at our broken consciences, ever reminding us of the truth that we are not worthy to be before God. And so with Isaiah, we stand before God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, guilty. Woe to us of unclean lips who live among people who also are unclean. Woe to us who must stand as sinners before the holy, holy, holy God. But did you see what happens in our Old Testament lesson? Isaiah is terrified, laying on the ground as a dead man, condemned, cut to the heart, guilty. But an angel comes to him with a burning coal from the altar of God in heaven and takes that burning coal and touches it to Isaiah's unclean lips and says to Isaiah, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for. As soon as that word is spoken, Isaiah is no longer guilty before God. How does this work? What is it with this burning coal? Should we light a fire and start burning people's lips right here? How does this seemingly silly act take all of Isaiah's sin away? 
happens because of where this burning coal comes from. It comes from the altar of God. An altar's not just a fancy table for the front of church. In the old days, an altar was the place where sin was atoned for, where sacrifices were made, where animals had their necks slit, their blood drained out, their bodies cut up and burned in fire. The animals took the place of the sinner. The shedding of their blood counted for the shedding of sinners' blood. Isaiah had seen countless animals killed in the temple in Jerusalem. And now in heaven, he sees the culmination of these sacrifices. He sees the glory of God's true atonement for all sin of all times, in all places, and all people. The sacrifice in the altar of heaven that took away Isaiah's sin is the same sacrifice that takes away your sin from you. God, the great King of kings and Lord of lords, left behind the glory and perfection and beauty and holiness of heaven and became a man born of a Virgin Mary, living a perfect life in our dirty, sinful, broken world. God became man in Jesus and lived a life in the flesh of our human nature. And then when the time was right, he paid the ultimate sacrifice for sin. God is the one who was bound in the person of Jesus. God was the one who was tried for the sins of the whole world. God was the one who was crucified, whose blood poured out. God in Jesus was the one who suffered the just punishment for Isaiah's sin. And yes, dear Christian, for your sin as well. It's the blood of Jesus that is poured out upon the altar of heaven where the fire of punishment is burning. It's the blood of Jesus that makes the burning coal that touched Isaiah's lips take his sin away. You see, when that burning coal touched Isaiah's lips, the blood of Jesus healed him. The blood of Jesus took his sin away. And the same is true for you. It is the sacrifice of Jesus that allows you and Isaiah to stand before the holy, holy, holy triune God in peace. No, we are not going to start a fire here in the church. We're not going to burn all of your lips with coals. 
but we are going to bring the blood of Jesus from this altar and pour it into your mouth. We're going to feed you with the very body of Jesus that took away your sin by dying and rising again. We'll give you the sacrifice for all sin to eat. And as you eat, your body is made well, your sin is atoned for, and you are connected to the sin sacrifice of Jesus. That sacrifice covers all your sin. There's none that you can hide and keep from his forgiveness. Because Jesus poured out his life on the cross for you, you now can safely enter heaven. Because Jesus died in your place, you can now safely stand before God and see him face to face. Because Jesus died for your sin, you can enjoy the perfection, the beauty, the angels, the archangels, and all that there is in heaven. And you can enjoy it forever and ever, world without end. Because Jesus died for your sin, you now are holy, 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 holy. Your sin is cleansed. Because of Jesus, you can now come and eat the foretaste of that heavenly feast while still here in this sinful, dirty, difficult, broken world. You are made holy by the blood of the Lamb. Fear not, dear Christian, but rejoice. One day you will stand before God at peace, with no fear, with no dread of judgment. You will be declared not guilty. You'll sing with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. You'll see your loved ones who have died in the faith. In Jesus, you will live forever. For God's sacrifice has touched your lips and your sin has been atoned for. You belong to God and you always will. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.